This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Thanks for staying tuned. You're listening to The Morning Run with a thumping Philip C. And I'm Wong Xiaoning. It is 7.36. It's Friday. It's the 1st of March. Let's turn our attention to what's happening in the Middle East. East, excuse me. Because earlier this week on Monday, US President Joe Biden expressed hope that a ceasefire would take place in Gaza as early as next week amidst ongoing talks with mediators which began in Paris last week. However, he walked back on those remarks yesterday following a chaotic shooting incident as Gaza in Gaza as aid was being delivered that resulted in over 100 people being killed. With the Islamic holy month of Ramadan slated to begin in less than two weeks, global pressure has been mounting on Israel to agree to a deal to at least pause the war and to broker the release of hostages, with the death toll in Gaza surpassing 30,000 and the tensions around the Middle East region showing little signs of abating Will we see a stop in fighting, albeit temporarily, for the time being? For some thoughts on this issue, we speak to Dr. James Dorsey, Senior Fellow at the S. Rajaranam School of International Studies. Good morning, James. Uh, always good to speak to you. Now, as the US, Egyptian and Qatari mediators met in Paris last week, talks of a ceasefire arrived, but with clashes showing little signs of abating, how likely is this deal going to happen? Good morning, uh, I think both sides have an interest in the deal. It obviously has been complicated by the what we saw happen in Gaza yesterday with more than 100 people seeking aid being killed. That puts pressure on, uh, a greater pressure on Israel, of course. The fundam- Really, the fundamental divide over, uh, over this is uh, that the Israelis want a temporary ceasefire and um, Hamas wants a permanent ceasefire and an end to the war. Uh, and that's why uh, you're seeing these uh, these negotiations being very torturous and tedious, if you will. There are, of course, all kinds of technical issues in terms of how many Palestinians and Israeli prisons get released for every hostage and other uh uh, issues of that sort, but the really principal divide is the future of this war. Mm. And the big distinction here is both sides wanting the nature of that ceasefire, right? One being temporary, one being permanent. Is there a way to find some compromise there? Are you getting a sense that we could land on something in between? Well, the formula that originally was proposed and with which Hamas seemed to be uh, uh, inclined for was a three-month ceasefire, uh, leaving open whether it was temporary or permanent, whereby during that three-month period, there would be a negotiation to end the war. Uh, In many ways, that's still not the three-month, but uh, an initial uh, six-week ceasefire is still on the table uh, with the notion that during that period, there could be a negotiation for an extension of the ceasefire and then ultimately perhaps the end of it. The issue, of course, is that in some ways, both in both parties have an interest also in, ex- in extending the war. Or the, mm. maybe better put, both parties are caught between uh, various factors. So on the one hand, you have the Israelis who... and, and particularly Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, who is hell-bent on, on continuing the war, uh, 
in part for personal uh, uh, and personal political reasons and his own political future. On the other hand, you have something of a divide within Hamas, whereby Yahya Sinwar, the Gaza-based leader of the um, of Hamas, feels that the more casualties there are, uh, the greater the pressure will be on Israel, and therefore uh, the greater uh, uh, the greater a victory that um, Hamas can claim. Mm. The bottom line, of course, of all of this is that neither Yahya Sinwar nor Netanyahu care about the lives of innocent Palestinians. James, you've painted quite a bleak picture here. So does this mean that likely there will be no ceasefire? No, I, I'm not. I'm not saying that. I mm. think ultimately there will be a ceasefire, but I think it's going to be very torturous. Mm. I'm not certain that it would be before mm. uh, Ramadan, mm. and it could very well be that someone like Yahya Sinwar sees that uh, Ramadan uh, fictional deadline, if you wish, in a different light. Mm. So if indeed you got uh, major disturbances because of Israeli policy on uh, at the Al-Aqsa Mosque in Jerusalem at the beginning of Ramadan, uh, from Yahya Sinwar's um, perspective, that would further increase pressure on Israel. Mm. James, how secure is Netanyahu as a leader in Israel? I mean, he's still unpopular, right, in Israel, but there is still unity that this war has to prolong? I would never write Netanyahu off. He's a master politician. He uh, is a cat with nine lives. Uh, you know, if you look at it uh, at, uh, at first glance, indeed, <clears throat> his popularity uh, and vast majority of Israelis want to see Netanyahu back. Uh, and uh, if one looks at the polls, uh, his coalition, including his Likud party, would not do well in an election. But on the other hand, uh, the far-right parties actually did reasonably well, certainly in a number of Israeli cities, including Jerusalem, in uh, parliamentary elections earlier this... Uh, sorry, in municipal mm. elections this week. So, but the second question here is, even if Netanyahu... Uh, Netanyahu's rule would come to an end, it's not clear that any government that would succeed Netanyahu would, would, it would have less sh sharp edges, if you wish. But fundamentally, it's not clear that its attitude towards an independent Palestinian state would be all that different. Okay, meanwhile, in other parts of the region, Houthi rebels launched their most damaging attack yet on the British-owned bulk carrier in the Red Sea last week. Plus, there are reports that Israel may launch an incursion into Lebanon if diplomatic efforts fail. How would this affect peace talks and would there be broader implications in the region? Well, I think that obviously any uh, uh, expansion of the war, whether that's in Lebanon or whether that's in Yemen, would significantly escalate tension and risk the uh, uh, risk uh, all-out military conflagration in the Middle East. I don't think that any of the parties, maybe with the exception of Israel, but in principle, 
any of the parties at this point want that kind of an expansion. The, there is an issue with Lebanon, of course, and the Israelis, which is that uh, Israel wants Hezbollah to retreat about 30 kilometers from the Israeli-Lebanese border to the north of the Litani River and argues that that is key to its security and to the return of some 80,000 residents along the border who've been evacuated because of the hostilities. Now, what that means is it's not clear whether Hezbollah would be willing to uh, entertain that proposition if and when the Gaza war ends. If it doesn't end, then you could see not so much parallel to Gaza, but subsequent to Gaza, a war between Hezbollah and Israel. All right, thank you very much for your time. That was Dr. James Dorsey, Senior Fellow at the S. Rajaratnam School of International Studies, giving us his view in, in terms of what's happening in the Middle East and whether a peace, or some, some, some form of ceasefire can be achieved with all the different factions and mm. their own interests at, at play. What I find worrying is that, look, you had actually one initial tension point. Now it's mushrooming to across the region. You're seeing things in Yemen, mm. seeing things in Lebanon. And I wonder if Israel does want to con- contend with a second war between Hezbollah and Israel, right? Since it really has to contend with one conflict already in Gaza. So at what point, you know, will you see pressure on Netanyahu to capitulate and actually find some ground to seek some resolution there? That's the challenge. In the meantime, right, the sense is that the Palestinian people are just so disposable, Mm. right? That's the sad Mm. thing, right? 30,000 people have already been killed in this conflict and it doesn't seem like the circle of violence is coming to an end anytime soon. Up next, we'll be diving into the government's initiatives to encourage greater EV ownership. Stay tuned, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.